Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice, the murder of Ahmad Arbery in Glynn County, Georgia. As many of you no doubt know, back in February, February 23rd of 2020, a man named Ahmad Arbery was jogging through a neighborhood in a Georgia county uh, near the ocean shore when he encountered two white men, father and son, uh, who thought for some reason that he was a burglary suspect. The two white men were armed. Ahmad Arbery, of course, African-American. The two white men attempted to stop Ahmad Arbery. There was, we think, some kind of struggle, and Ahmad Arbery was killed. He was unarmed. The two white men were both armed. What has emerged uh, has incredibly sad, disturbing, and outrageous echoes of so many cases from the last five to six, seven years uh, that it is almost hard to contemplate. But yet, this kind of thing goes on. It is not over. What do we know at this point? Number one, the two white men lived in this neighborhood, father and son, They saw Mr. Arbery jog by their house, and the father, a fellow named Gregory McMichael, uh, called out to his son, Travis McMichael, that that man running by looked like a burglary suspect. There had been some break-ins in the neighborhood. Now, we don't know why he thought that looked like the suspect, Um, but there's no evidence that has surfaced since that Mr. Arbery had anything to do with any burglaries in that neighborhood. He was simply out running, as he often did for exercise. The two McMichaels armed themselves, one with a 357 Magnum handgun, the other with a shotgun, and off they went. And the next thing anybody knew, uh, Mr. Arbery was dead. That was February 23rd. The death, of course, was reported to the police. Neither of the McMichael men were arrested. Now, fast forward to Tuesday, May 4th. On that day, a short video clip is released into the social media bloodstream, immediately goes viral, and all of a sudden the whole world knows about this. Why? Because in Glynn County, Georgia, nobody had been arrested, nothing had happened until this viral video uh, begins to get the public's attention. And that leads on Thursday, May 6th, to the arrest of both McMichael men on homicide charges. Uh, Several things I got to say, though it's early in the case. Number one, uh, holy Trayvon Martin. I mean, this is the Trayvon Martin thing with slightly altered facts all over again. Though Mr. McMichael had been in law enforcement, that's the elder McMichael, uh, at various times in his career, he was retired. He was not active law enforcement. His son was not law enforcement at all. And yet these two men decided that they had the obligation, the duty, the right, uh, whatever, to go get powerful weapons and go after this man. 
Now, as you may already be aware, uh, Georgia, like Florida in the Trayvon Martin case, has a stand-your-ground law that allows anybody who's under attack in a public place to defend him or herself, including with deadly force. Georgia also apparently has a citizen's arrest statute. You talk to police officers about citizens' arrests, and they'll tell you, number one, incredibly uncommon, and number two, we just assume they didn't because bad things can happen. And yet, that those two laws are the basis for any claims that will be made by the McMichael father and son team, if you like, in this case. It's not hard to predict at all. And that is exactly what happened with Trayvon Martin. You remember this fellow George Zimmerman, a neighborhood watch person who was not a police officer and was actually told, don't pursue this person you see walking through the subdivision by the police dispatcher, went after him anyway, a fight ensues, and this gentleman shoots Trayvon Martin, Zimmerman that is. Well, this seems to be all lining up the same way. These two guys decide to go after Mr. Arbery, and when he doesn't do what they say, or he gets into a tussle with one of them, well, he gets shot and dies and nobody gets arrested. Number two, um, Glynn County has a checkered history, it turns out. We're learning more and more about various forms of malfeasance at best, misconduct, uh, even worse, corruption amongst police in Glynn County. Uh, There have been arrests, including of the chief of police there uh, in recent times. Um, We're sure to learn more. Uh, Number three, we know that the court system in Glynn County, like many court systems across the country, is now in a slow kind of uh, um, official and emergency business only uh, phase of operating uh, just because you can't have people together. So it will be another month before a grand jury can look at the evidence in the case and vote an indictment if that has to happen now under Georgia law. But these men have been arrested. Uh, what about that video? Where Well, as I sit here today, and today is uh, Saturday, uh, May 9th, The person who took the video uh, has stepped forward. It was first anonymously dropped. And I imagine many of you have seen it by now. It's rather short, but you can see uh, it's it's taken from a moving car. The car is back of Mr. Arbery. You see him in front of the car jogging. And in front of Mr. Arbery uh, is this truck. And that's where the two... Uh, the two McMichaels are. One is standing in the truck bed and one is next to the truck. They both have weapons. And you see very quickly how this whole thing develops. Mr. Arbery tries to run around the the pickup truck uh, so as to have nothing to do with the two men. Uh, Somewhere in front of the truck, out of our view, Uh, Something happens, there's some kind of a tussle going on perhaps, uh, and Mr. Arbery winds up dead on the ground, uh, killed by a shotgun blast uh, from the younger of the two McMichael men. 
Um, what we will see here, uh, as we have seen in so many cases, is we have a video, but the picture is incomplete. It will show that these two men went after Mr. Arbery. Uh, it will show that they were armed and he was not. Uh, it will show that he was killed by one of them, but there will be wiggle room, plenty of it in that video for the lawyers for the McMichaels to argue that this qualifies under Georgia's stand your ground law. Last thing I want to say right now as this case develops, uh, uh, the stand your ground laws in general that many states have, um, you know, these were put into place uh, in the late 90s and the the decade of the 2000s. We all know about Florida's law because it was sort of a leading example and because of the Trayvon Martin case. But by now, there's been a fair amount of research into the effect of these stand-your-ground laws. Uh, A very simple idea, you're allowed to defend yourself anywhere you have a right to be in public with force, including deadly force, if you are unjustifiably attacked. But what we know is that in states with these stand-your-ground laws, um, they do not suppress crime. They do not suppress homicide. In fact, Across the board, homicides were shown to have gone up 8% a year in states with stand-your-ground laws. Now, I know this because, uh, uh, full disclosure, I served on the American Bar Association Task Force on Stand-Your-Ground Laws. That task force was established in the wake of the Trayvon Martin case. And this was one of the things that we found out. The evidence on this is clear. If you wanted to actually drive down homicide in your state, you would not pass one of these laws you'd repeal it if you had one. You'd stay as far away from these things as you can. So what we see is another instance in which a stand-your-ground situation seems to embolden people, have them out with guns, to feel freer to pull the trigger. And, by the way, all of the studies also show a marked racial disparity due to stand-your-ground laws and stand-your-ground killings. So we'll keep our eyes on this case um, uh, as it moves along. There's going to be plenty to say. Um, We will watch it carefully on your behalf. You can always come to us for the latest uh, news in the criminal justice sphere by going to our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com. Uh, All of our news pieces are feature pieces and our interviews with people doing the most interesting work in the criminal justice space. I'm David Harris. I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.